the vast majority of our students, 80 plus percent, wanted to be face to face. They had just gone through, you know, the, the tail end of the spring semester entirely online. They wanted back with their friends. They wanted face to face classes. But with the chatbot, we've continued to ask these questions of our students. When we last asked the question about two weeks ago, one, within a few hours, we got 12,000 responses. So think about that compared to Reddit or compared to, you know, surveys where you might get a three or five percent response rate. We were hearing from, you know, over 10,000 students in just a short period of time. Welcome to Innovating Together, a podcast produced by the University Innovation Alliance. This is the podcast for busy people in higher education who are looking for the best ideas, inspiration, and leaders to help you improve student success. I'm your host, Bridget Burns. And today I'm very excited to bring a conversation with Dr. Timothy Rennick from Georgia State University, who's the Executive Vice President for Student Success there. And what we're going to talk about today is what they're learning and experiencing that is helping them better communicate with students during COVID. Now, most of you might know the story of Georgia State and how they leverage data and technology. But what we're going to talk about today is what is what is Tim learning and seeing and using at Georgia State that can help you um, better listen to students beyond Reddit because, or surveys, because we know that students are getting overwhelmed with survey fatigue. So Tim, thank you so much for joining today and giving us a little bit of your insight. Um, we always appreciate the time. Thank you, Bridget. Good to be here. So let's just kick off by uh, how are you communicating differently with students during COVID uh, now than you were, say, six months ago? Yeah, I'm not sure we're communicating differently than six months ago. I think we're communicating differently than a lot of other institutions. You know, because our student body is so-called non-traditional, 85% uh, of our undergraduates are working, 60% uh, are Pell eligible, we've always had to come up with ways to cut through the cutter, clutter and communicate with students who find it difficult to come into one of our offices and sit down and meet with somebody, raise their hand to express a problem that they have. So what we've been working on, and these efforts have been all the more impactful during COVID, is ways to communicate by other means. Uh, one of the tools we've been using through the last five months has been our chatbot. Uh, the chatbot, an automatic texting platform, AI enhanced, enables us to provide quick answers to students. But it also allows us to get a temperature for what our students are thinking and get quick information from students. Unlike emails that are rarely opened uh, by at least Georgia State students, in fact, our average email open rate is under 20% after 20, 24 hours. So the students aren't even opening it, let alone reading it, that our texts through the chatbot are immediately popping up on the smart devices of our students, and we're getting large response rates in, in very record time. And this has led to some really interesting findings about what our students are experiencing uh, during COVID. Can you talk to us? Okay, so what kinds of things are you learning about what students are experiencing that um, has surprised you? And uh, I, I'm guessing you have a pretty strong sense of what your colleagues in the broader higher ed ecosystem are, what kinds of insights they're getting. What do you think is the gap there? What are the things that Georgia State is gathering that is um, helping you make decisions right now that you think is unique? Well, I think probably the most important uh, uh, insight there is that our students' opinions have changed dramatically over a short period of time. That's somewhat atypical of higher education, right? Where 
you know, students uh, uh, tend to behave and uh, act in, in similar ways from year to year, and certainly from month to month and week to week. We have not seen that during COVID. So one of the ways we've deployed our chatbot is to uh, ask quick questions of our entire student body. One of the most basic questions has to do with course modality. You know, this fall, do you wanna take your classes face to face or do you wanna be online? Early in April, when admittedly the virus was going down in Georgia and across most of the nation, and we were thinking that by August, uh, uh, the, the, the circumstances would be much better from a public health perspective, the vast majority of our students, 80 plus percent, wanted to be face to face. They had just gone through you know, the, the tail end of the spring semester entirely online. They wanted back with their friends. They wanted face to face classes. But with the chatbot, we've continued to ask these questions of our students. When we last asked the question about two weeks ago, one, within a few hours, we got 12,000 responses. So think about that compared to Reddit or compared to, you know, surveys where you might get a three or 5% response rate. We were hearing from, you know, over 10,000 students in just a short period of time. And the uh, sentiment had changed dramatically. When we asked them two weeks ago, over 50% said they wanted courses entirely online. So as we've been gathering this data over the course of the last three or four months, we've been adjusting our behaviors. We've been changing the number of courses we offer online. Uh, in April, over 80% of our courses were blended or face-to-face. -face. A lot of them were hybrid. And only about 10, 15% were uh, uh, online. That was in accordance with our students' preferences at the time. But we've been pivoting. And as we get ready to launch classes two weeks from Monday, uh, we'll be uh, right around 50% of our classes online. This has led us not only to be able to hear what the students want and deliver what the students want, but maintain record enrollments. So right now, the Atlanta campus of Georgia State is scheduled, and, and we're not just talking about speculative here. These are students who have actually registered and confirmed for classes. We're up in our freshman class. We'll set a new record for the size of our freshman class. And we're up about 1,000 students in our continuing students returning. And we think that's a large part to listening to what the students want. That is huge, especially I know that campuses are really worried about enrollment numbers. And I do think that you're, you have your finger on a key issue, which is we talk to students through a survey, 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 Reddit, like a few other communication channels, but there seems to be a gap in terms of this kind of opportunity to have immediate communication with them. I'm just curious about what is the, um, like, what's the frequency you think for how often you send a bot enable or chatbot um, question to students? Yeah, there, there's an art to it. And we've got a whole team now. They've been in place now for a couple of years and gotten very good at this because just within, as with any other means of communication, you can't pester the students. In fact, there's a greater risk with the chatbot because at least legally, according to the Georgia State legal team, students have the right to opt out. So if they don't want to receive text messages, they can say, well, I'm going to quit uh, using, uh, using Georgia State's uh, chatbot. So we have to be delicate and use it in ways that the students find meaningful and helpful. That means no more than a couple times a week. And uh, we don't use it for big broadcast announcements. There may be a you know, sporting event or a lecture and so forth. That is not the kind of information uh, that we put forth on the chatbot. This has to be pertinent to the student. And in many cases, it's going to be highly personalized. And that's another advantage of this means of communication. 
that if you have good data sets that define your students by different categories, these are the students in housing, these are the students who are working with the Office of Access and Accommodation, you can send text out that are very targeted for that population and get responses that are specific to that particular group. You know, we hear all the time in higher education, we need to listen to the students, we need to listen to the students. I agree with that 100%, but I'm also a VP at an institution with 53,000 students. So what does that mean in practice to listen to the students? It does not mean listen to anecdotes because all, if all you do is look at the people and listen to the people who get emails to the president, you know, complaining and so forth, you are listening to students, but you're listening to you know, one-tenth of one percent of the student body. We need ways to listen to the students more fully. And though I'd like to have sit-down conversations with each and every Georgia State student, it's not practical under the best of circumstances. And as we all know, these aren't the best of circumstances. The students aren't there, they're not on campus, they're not speaking to our staff, at least in the traditional way. So we're using these technologies to try not only to fill the gap, but in many ways to serve our students better. I'll say August 1st last year, 2019, as, as we hit about the month date out before the start of fall classes, only about 50% of Georgia State students were financially ready to start the semester, meaning that they had submitted all their financial aid paperwork, they were good to go for the semester. This August 1st, amidst a pandemic, we're at 71%. And we're at 71% because the pandemic has forced us to be more creative in our communication. We're using our chatbot Pounce to communicate as we've talked about. We've also established live chat with our staff. So financial aid staff are online to be able to answer questions live uh, uh, at, at almost any time of the day. We're using a reservation service. Uh, last week we had 1600 appointments with financial aid personnel that were a result of the fact that students could go online up to a week in advance, sign up for a virtual a, a, a video conference meeting live with a, a financial aid counselor, and then uh, uh, sign on when it was convenient uh, for them rather than waiting for 45 minutes to get to somebody. So these alternate means that the, the uh, virus have kind of forced us to adopt have actually heightened and improved the kind of services we can deliver to our non-traditional student body. That's great. And I feel like right now we do have a we have a rare moment in time where decisions are being made very quickly and change is happening so rapidly that we could actually take advantage of that and make some of the, the changes that always needed to happen to better serve adult learners, to, to better serve student parents, uh, people who are in rural areas. I mean, I feel like this is um, if we're listening, uh, there are actual good ideas that we should have always implemented, that this is that moment where some of the resistance has been uh, has been lowered because of what's going on. I agree 100%. In fact, one way to put it is that, you know, the kind of circumstance that we're in because of the pandemic, where we're having to reach our students, communicate with them and listen to them from remote locations has been always the circumstance that a lot of our students have been in. Students who come from rural areas, the students who come from first generation families, the students who are working, the students who are parents have always had a hard time uh, interacting with the university in the traditional way of saying, I'll come to you on your time and be available to you when it meets your needs. And oh, by the way, that's typically nine to five, the exact times when I'm working. And now we've had to come up with other ways to communicate with students. And I think it's not only gonna serve us during the pandemic, this is exactly what higher ed needs to do to serve the kind of students we currently enroll. 
So we heard about financial aid change. We heard about uh, that unlike other campuses, you're getting a much clearer understanding of what your students want and you're actually seeing an enrollment increase of a thousand students this fall, um, hoping that holds. But for those who, who aren't in that position and actually have just now discovered that perhaps the survey they used from months ago, it doesn't actually speak to where their head their headspace is now. Are there ways to use the chatbot, you think, uh, over the next year that would help us maintain a relationship with students who don't enroll, but actually we need to help them stay sharp and stay focused for next fall? If they're going to, you know, there are lots of students who can't go to school because they have a family member with COVID or they have to work and it's physically going to be impossible. So um, are there any ideas you have about how those institutions could leverage data technology or chatbots to keep that connection going? Yeah, I, I absolutely do think there are ways to stay engaged with the students. I think the, the, the nice thing about the chatbot is that through texting, and this is not an app, students see these messages just pop up on the home screen of their smart devices. You, you do cut through the clutter. You do get the student's attention immediately. What we've been able to do is create a whole series of videos that can connect the students to much richer content and much richer information and keep the student abreast about what's going on. We've had a lot of students this summer who were not enrolled. We needed to keep them abreast about public safety issues and what campus is going to look like and so forth. And so we have short videos and, you know, our, our, our school mascot counts shows students, you know, and staff, you know, how you ride the elevator and do it in a safe fashion and how you navigate your classes and what it's like to, you know, uh, be, be on campus and so forth under the under these particular circumstances. That's the kind of content it would take a long and boring email to cover, but a quick text with a, a kind of funny and engaging video can keep the students' attention and hopefully keep them engaged even when they're not enrolled and not on campus. This is great. Um, so for folks who are at home and um, and we've gotten some comments in the, in the chat, but um, I'm wondering if uh, you can give us a little sense of what's happening in Georgia in terms of higher ed. Are all institutions, uh, has the state mandated that you, you meet in person fall? Like how, where, just give us a sense of what's going on for you because everyone's very aware of their state, but not others. Yeah, so so Georgia's been an outlier for throughout this cycle. Uh, the university system of Georgia, of which Georgia State University is part, one of 26 units in the university system, has been given uh, clear instructions that we're to have face-to-face -face instruction. But there's been a lot of freedom about how to interpret that, how much face-to-face -face instruction, what type of face-to-face -face instruction. So as I mentioned, half of our courses at Georgia State will be entirely online. Among the other half, the vast majority will be hybrid. On a given day at Georgia State this fall, my data is showing that we'll only have about 12% of the students on campus that we would have had during a typical fall semester. So when it comes to social distancing and when it comes to classroom configuration and so forth, we're not dealing with anything like uh, full capacity, even though our enrollments are up because we're delivering uh, courses through these alternate modalities. And as I've mentioned, they've proven to be very attractive uh, to students amid the pandemic. I have nothing but empathy for institutions that have little, little flexibility. And I think that what I'm taking away from this is that, um, you know, there are a lot of states that don't have flexibility in about decision-making about what's going to happen. And we don't have control. But what you can do is try and set yourself up to listen and be able to know what's going on more frequently so you're not operating on old information. Um, I think that what we need are our administrators, faculty, and staff who are 
as refreshed as possible because I know everyone's super burnt out right now, um, but who have the ability to be nimble and flexible and, uh, and, and we're going to have to roll with who knows what. Um, but the one thing I would say is that um, higher ed showed us that it can roll with the punches this last year. And I feel like we need some of the confidence that we've earned from how much we changed and adapted um, and with things outside of our control. I've just been really impressed with um, your institution and, and how you all have managed and I, other institute. I like, I just wish for more uh, empathy and less, uh, less vocal cheap seats um, about how institutions should operate when people don't realize that you have actual um, mandates that are, are in, encouraging you to do certain things. So um, that said, uh, this has been super helpful. And I want to just uh, flag that we're going to try and develop more meaningful ways to unpack how people could be using chatbots in this moment. And, and um, we're going to work with your team to see if we can get some examples of some of those texts, some of the gifts that you use, um, perhaps some of the links that you use for those, those instant surveys, so that people can see kind of the model of how many how many characters to use, um, what time of day, how did you all make those kinds of decisions? And I, I know that you have a whole team that's working on that. So um, for those who are at home, we know that we're all figuring this out, building a plane while we fly it. So we're gonna try and make sure to elevate experts who have wisdom to share that will help you in this moment. So thanks as always, Tim, we really appreciate you uh, being in the hot seat. Thanks, Bridget, good luck. All right, thanks everybody. Okay, take care.